Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. I hope wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're having a lovely day uh, and that you feel hangover free and high vibe. In today's episode, I am interviewing Matt Ellis, aka Sobe Yoga Dad. He's also an amazing yoga teacher for the Mindful Life Practice, where I also hold monthly workshops. My workshops are not yoga classes though, my workshops are more to do with health and mindset coaching for alcohol-free living. If you would like to try out one of Matt's yoga classes or one of the other amazing yoga classes from the Mindful Life Practice, or indeed if you would like to come on one of my workshops, then please just go on over to the Mindful Life Practice website where you can easily book your online session. In today's episode, Matt and I discuss his personal sober journey, what part yoga has had to play in that, and also the amazing connections that we make when we become sober and open ourselves up to the sober world and discover that alcohol does not help you connect. In fact, it does the very opposite. So without further ado, let's get going with my interview with Matt. Hello, Matt, and how are you today? I am good. Yeah, not too bad. Sun shining today. So it's, um, yeah, everything's okay. It's good. It is actually, for everyone listening, we're recording this on Saturday, the 19th of March. And oh my goodness, the weather is magical at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it feels like spring. And um, actually, as I was walking through the park today, I was I was thinking back two years ago this time, because it was when pandemic all started, really. Mm. And a couple of things have sort of popped up on social media feeds and I remember it being nice weather then as well mm. and actually I've just come from sitting on our roof in our house we've got like a flat roof out the back and it reminded me of doing that and how different the world is now in good and bad ways actually yeah um oh okay so uh, and I, I know what you mean I mean obviously I've only been back in the UK for about six months but I'm really enjoying the the real really cyclical nature of the seasons yeah. and and they give yeah. you an opportunity to reflect uh um, about you know this time last year and what we've achieved over the last few months so it's quite it's quite nice um so what do you think then are the key differences like good and bad between this time last year and now um well yeah I think I'm always going to remember the date March 20th because it's when my school closed and it's what the 19th today so it's yeah two years yeah. tomorrow when you know, we were closing our school and I remember speaking to one parent who said, you know, do you think we're going to be closed for like a few weeks? And I was like, no, this this is it for a few months. And this parent was like, what do you think? I was like, what have you been doing? Have you not been watching the news? <laughs> and and so we, we, we've gone into something that we just didn't know anything about. And, and I do genuinely feel we're, we're coming out of it now. And 
Mm. We are living with everything. Um, and things are positive. And then obviously, you know, what's going on in the Ukraine and stuff, you yeah. know, it's really hard to get a grip on on the world. And yeah, I mean, we could talk yeah. about that for a long time, couldn't we? It's it's such a change. I but... think the, the important thing for me with all of this, I mean, I'm not going to comment on any of the things that are going on in the news at the moment. And I'll be very honest, I am shielding myself from it because mm. I can't control it and I can only control my own vibrations and I know I'm a better person when I'm not anxious so mm. <laughs> um but I certainly for the pandemic I mean it was horrendous for all of us but wow the amount I've learned about myself and the amount of personal yeah. growth I've got out of it is unbelievable um and I do believe that you can make the best you can learn you can take learning from every everything if you want to to do that um so yeah I, I I try and focus on the positives in that sense in like what growth have I got from this yeah um, I mean for yeah. me I'm I'm so different in terms of a person from two years ago from one year yeah. ago I just think you're right about the cyclical nature of seasons and I've lived on the equator for a year before I lived in Mexico a long time ago and it's you couldn't work out seasons at all mm. but you really do get a chance to reflect on it each month in the UK particularly the weather is noticeably different isn't it and it does make you think back over those times and what was happening and you know the face masks have gone now they've sort of been taken away from us and in a way now it's given us our freedom back but it's sort of more more than that it's kind of a sign of it on buses and things and tubes in London you know but yeah there's something new's happening I think to everyone and me personally, yeah. probably will get into this. It feels like the next step now, the next stage, because it comes in chunks for me. Yeah. And I really do feel like, you know, that was the last part of the first part of my life, really. Um, this segues quite nicely into what I wanted to discuss with you mm. next, because I wanted to sort of begin with asking you about how you discovered sobriety. And I think it's very, yeah. very linked to all of these reflections you're having at the moment. So tell us how you discovered it, how it linked in with the pandemic and, and what, you know, what you learned from it. Yeah. I mean, March 20th, school closed, we're at home. It seemed, you know, ridiculously exciting, bizarrely. Mm. I mean, I was, like I said, I was just sat on my roof and I remember our neighbours sat there and my wife was working at home and we, I was sat there with the kids during a lunch break during our homeschool fiasco. Mm. And it was <laughs> like, this is weird. You know, then you go out for your hour walk and, then I discovered I could get alcohol delivered to me at home, which was like, great. So I started having a little virtual pub every day. You know, I remember getting the Zoom out and putting a little pub background in the background. And it was all quite happy and jolly, really, for a month, I would say, in a way, yeah. strangely. Um, and I was actually teaching year one children. Yeah. And there's only so much you can do online with them, really. What I ended up doing was speaking to parents a lot and dealing yeah. with their mental health and their anxieties, actually. There's a whole story around that. Comes to May, and I'm just sat literally where I am now on this sofa here yeah. where you're talking to me. And I watched a couple of documentaries about um, one was about football players um, going on tour again years after they'd finished and the awful state some of them were in. I mean, really not looking great at all from drinking. And then I watched another thing about a comedian called Tony Slattery and watched about his journey trying to work out what was wrong with his mental health. Was he bipolar or not? And and really realizing his big problem was he never not drank anything. Mm. And I just thought, right, 
I'm going to stop drinking for a bit. And that was it. And I'd never thought I needed to stop drinking. And that's the, the story about me is that I never felt that it was something I needed to do mm. or wanted particularly to do. But there's images that come into my mind when I think about that period of time. And one of them is, and it came, I took a photograph of it. It was like a carrier bag full of, or a delivery bag from delivery or something of alcohol. And it was about 40 pounds worth that was delivered to my house. And that had probably gone over the weekend or at least the week, you know, most of the week, whatever. And I remember those things and those things came together. And now I look back on them, you know, I can see that I did need to stop drinking, but I didn't know it. Um, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, you were in what That's... we call the pre-contemplation phase. Yeah. 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 I would say pre-pre-contemplation <laughs> phase, honestly. But all the reasons why to give why I would need to give up drinking have come afterwards from the learning, you know, from from the you know, improvements in my life. So what's been key for you then in, in kind of learning and improving? Um I suppose, you know, there's loads of things that I noticed about myself from not being constantly sluggish, constantly mm. in a hungover state. You know, I would describe that to people as feeling, you know, never, never 100% fit and healthy, mm. you know, never going away on holiday, feeling it was a break, yeah. never coming back from a weekend when you're supposed to relax a bit and feeling better on Monday. And so, you know, my physical health has been a lot better. Like I lost a lot of weight very quickly. Yeah. And people would never say to me I was overweight, but I was starting to definitely, you know, pile on the pants. So I've lost like 20 pounds since wow. I gave up. And I was about 13 stone 11 when I started. I'm now about 12 and a half, which I think is what it should be. Mm. So it's a lot, you know, and, and that was quite noticeable quite quickly. Um, so I'm really pleased with that, with that part of it. And then my mental health, I've suffered with anxiety for years. Yeah. And I've been taking antidepressants for a few years now. I've had therapy before. Um, and, and my anxiety is linked to something from a long time ago, like about when my father died when I was very young, actually. And it's, yeah. I've come to terms with that as I've, as I've had my own children. Mm. Um, but no one's ever said to me, stop drinking. No one ever said that. You know, and it's only now I can look back on that and think, why wasn't that pushed more on me? Because actually, <laughs> you know, like antidepressants don't work very well when you're drinking. Mm. And I realised, you know, sort of last year that they were actually starting to work. You know, I think we were talking about, we've spoken about it before, that it's, it's just, it becomes really clear that alcohol does nothing for you. Mm. And yeah, two years down the line nearly, it's starting to, I'm starting to see that both physically and mentally. So those are really the two main things. Mm. You know, I mean, the sleep's fantastic, you know? Yeah. I, I imagine you have lots of people say that. I mean, one of my neighbours always says to me, oh, I, you know, I sleep amazingly anyway. And she did a dry January and said, well, I, I, was, I was always a good sleeper anyway. I was yeah. always a good sleeper anyway and all this. And I wasn't a bad sleeper. Yeah. The quality of sleep was awful though. Yeah. I, I, I sleep less now. I sleep yeah. less. I have less hours sleep. I get up earlier. I fall asleep half nine every night, admittedly, but I'm happy with that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I actually did a, a, a screenshot of my sleep um, on um, my Fitbit. And I, I've yeah. always been a great sleeper. And I, I was like, oh, it doesn't affect me. And um, 
if <laughs> I put it on my Instagram, I think, I think I'm getting deja vu. I may have mentioned this in my last podcast. Apologies, everybody, if you're like, why is she banging on about this again? <laughs> um, but it's crazy when you compare them. My last night ever of drinking, it's like in and out of um, like flitting away, Kari, yeah. in and out, up and down, up and down, up and down. And then compared to now, where it's just this beautiful graph, like yeah. this flowing, gentle ebb and flow of different, like, yeah areas of sleep. I got quite obsessed with that and I mean the other thing that was, was dramatic actually talking about physical health I've not mentioned this for a while was that in that first year my resting heart rate dropped by mm. it was over 20 percent I think it was up to 25 percent and it's a beautiful graph on the Fitbit actually you can see it my yeah. resting heart rate was something like 70 yeah which I don't know if that's disastrous or not or not you know but it went down to 62 average yeah, no, mine's 61. The same, so yeah. it's like whatever percentage that is, it seems quite high to me, pushing 20%. And mm. it's, yeah, wow. Mate, in lockdown, I was and in the first lockdown, we didn't have a second one or a third one in Dubai. My yeah. resting heart rate, I was smoking and drinking and anxious. It was so, it was the high, it was like 75 or something. Mm. And now it's like 52. <laughs> yeah. I know I want mine to go down further. I'm like, I wanted to go like a little bit want to die, Matt. It seems to have settled now. Yeah, I know. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, we want to stay alive. So I think it might have got to the point it's going to. Because I might be wrong with this, but I think women's resting heart rate is lower than men's. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a smaller engine. That's right. There you go. So I don't think mine should go any lower. But once it gets to like 59, I'm like, yes. Yeah, you always feel like a sense of accomplishment, right? Yeah. Um, So how's the mindful life practice then played a part in your journey? Well, that was the other thing. I mean, if we're sort of listing things, yoga has has been huge. So I'd done like two sessions of yoga in my life ever before May 2020. And I did a couple of sessions with a brilliant teacher called Pippa, not from the Mindful Life, but from another um, sober kind of group mm. on Union Beer, actually. And I did that and I felt sick doing like downward facing dogs and stuff because mm. I get really bad motion sickness. I'm such a child still. And I, um, I tried that and liked it. And then Alex got in touch with me. Alex and Rob's from the MLPC yeah. and sort of said, you know, and I think she was sort of trying to gather a few like-minded souls together to come and, you know, a little bit of advertising, I suppose. And I thought, right, give that a go. And by then everyone's on Zoom. Everything's ruled by Zoom. So I went on. So you've met her through One Year No Beer then? Through One Year No Beer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, through One Year No Beer. And so messaged her a few times today, come and try some online yoga, free for a month, whatever. Tried it and just thought, hey, this is good this is good. This is not what I thought it would be. Mm. And, and Alex is such an inspirational person actually yeah. in terms of the way she speaks and the things she says. And I thought, right, this is great. And this seemed to, and, and so my first month of sobriety, I started doing yoga. Yeah. So it was quite quickly. I took that on. And actually what I say to people now, 22 months later is that the yoga journey is probably bigger than the not drinking journey. I would say mm. in terms of the, the impact it's had on me. Mm. Um, so yeah, I started doing classes on Zoom. Everything was on Zoom, like we said. And yeah, I was loving that. Got to sort of Christmas 2020, um, still doing loads of yoga. I yeah. mean, I was doing almost like a session a day, really, for weeks and weeks on end. You know, I was like, when am I going to do yoga? I'm going to get a book to them. You know, it was like struggling to find classes I could do. 
then got after Christmas and I was doing a session with her and she talked about training people to be yoga teachers online. And I thought, oh, could I do that? And during a yoga practice, I remember where I was. I just thought, yeah, after this class, I'm going to book it. And nice. I did. And I, I started training to be a yoga teacher, not to become a teacher. And loads of yoga teachers say, they say oh, yeah, I just want to learn a bit more and just, you know, find out yeah. a bit more about it. And of course, now I'm teaching yoga. So See, I, I think... The- it's interesting that you said that the yoga journey is almost more important. I'm mm. going to pass my opinion on that. And I, I'm, it's not actually disagreeing with you, but I actually think yeah. that if you really want to get the most out of sobriety, and I think sobriety, if you let it be, is a magical gift that you give yourself, but you don't fully experience that without a spiritual journey. And, mm. you know, you need this when we stop numbing, there's so much stuff that comes up to the surface that we get to look at. And I say we get to look at it. It's a privilege to be like, oh, I've been carrying all this crap around. Like, I can yeah. clean this out now. Like, oh, let me let me remove this. And this doesn't serve me anymore. And let's let's take this away. And yoga for me is just such a spiritual practice. Like it's like a, it's like my church. It's like a prayer every time I do yoga. I just, it makes me feel amazing. It's so yeah, I mean, it's it's I totally agree. It's not it's not a religion for sure because religion's pretty crap in my opinion. But it's it's a spiritual journey. And yeah. what I always describe yoga as to people, and I must remember to get back to doing this, is yoga is pure meditation. Yeah, you know, I'm reading Fern Cotton's book at the moment. She's talking about yoga and meditation, and it's a really good read, actually. And it is because if you allow yourself to enjoy every pose, every movement, you are absolutely in that meditative state. Mm. And I do find it hard to, you know, sit there and meditate, but I've realised that doing yoga, I am, and mm. yeah, that that's what's in many ways cured a lot of my anxieties. Mm. Yoga. And- yeah and what it does for your nervous system and your vagal tone and everything your energy field it's so healing and I I mean I I actually was literally not that long ago like a couple of years ago the girl that was like yeah you know yoga doesn't really do it for me like I don't really get it and I I was all about like CrossFit and like um hardcore exercise and I'm not saying I don't still like that kind of exercise because I do but I think for me the shift was when I stopped seeing yoga as exercise it's like no 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 it's so much more of an exercise yeah (laughs) yeah exercise for your energy field yeah no there's there's different paths I've kind of or different roads I've gone along with the yoga actually because it was definitely about the meditation then it was being able to do more more poses more balances and now I've started doing hot yoga which I'm really quite addicted to yeah I mean honestly like as much as going to the pub I used to go to the pub every Friday night and drink five pints of lager pretty much Mm. and then stumble along to gymnastics to pick up my daughters what I do now on Friday night is I, I go and have some pasta or something then I go and do yoga every Friday night hot Mm. yoga and then I do it a couple of times during the week and the similarity to where I'd pop into the pub I pop into hot yoga (laughs) it's ridiculous well it's for a release isn't it it's just this one's a a healthier kind of release it's actually releasing it instead of stuffing it under the carpet (laughs) yeah but then hot yoga it's a release mentally but also physically like you swear it's Mm. like a full-on exercise but it's in such a sort of meditative trance state Mm. like in this sort of I go in this one, there's like a tent almost, and it's quite dark and moody and there's music playing. And, you know, it's a real discovery journey and I never get bored of it. Oh, amazing. So, 
I don't yeah. think we've got any hot yoga like that in uh, in Shropshire. Next time I'm in London, I'll have to come and come. I will go and set a franchise up over there. I'll come and set one up. Amazing. I'll be all Come and do it in London for sure. Love it. See this bit right here. This is where Matt's internet went down and our Zoom got cut off, but uh, we did continue it after. I am going to use this interlude, however, just to let you know that if you would like to have one-to-one coaching with me, then please reach out to me by emailing me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk or you can go onto my website www.coachingbyannika.co.uk or you can connect with me on Instagram um, at Coaching by Annika and just reach out to me. We can book in a discovery call and I can find out more about what you need. So one of the things that stops a lot of people from drinking is that there's this kind of commonly held belief that you can't connect with people in the same way without alcohol and I know a lot of people find uh, when they first turn sober they're sort of scared to go on dates um, they're scared to socialize without alcohol and I know that you've had quite different experience to that Um, so could you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah I mean I thought I'd got to the point and a lot of people I knew actually I remember one friend of mine saying you know I've got enough friends I don't need any more friends and I think I thought that I think, you know, I'd done pretty well, pretty sociable person, met enough people in my life, you know, and that's it. But not drinking has opened up so many more friendships for me. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I'm, and I think the thing is during lockdown, you kind of go into that bit of a hole where you're kind of isolated. Anyway, I've come out the other side and lost a few people along the way because I've been quite sort of public now in the last mm. few months about not drinking. Like I'm on Instagram. Um, Alex, you know, called me sober yoga dad, and that's kind of stuck. I like that. That's my life. I'm a sober yoga dad, and that's yeah. what I do. Um, I just need to have the teacher bit on on the end. But what's happened is I've just met so many sort of great people, beautiful connections, you know, um, a lot of women. I've always been friends with women. I've grew up with sisters, you know, I'm a teacher, mm. so in primary school. So, you know, a lot of women talk about their sober journeys more than men. Mm. I have met some great blokes along the way. And then I end up meeting up with people, you know, and I wouldn't have done that. I would have felt weird, actually, because when you're drinking, I don't know, it doesn't feel like you can do that. You're sort of with your crowd of drinkers. So I met up with a bunch of people in London last month. And, you mm. know, I remember walking down along the Thames with them and thinking, you know, you don't need to have, you don't have to chat to people. There's no pressure. Have a little chat if you want. So what? Because there's no alcohol in your system. There's no thought I need to have a drink to be sociable. And so I'm learning so much more about how you communicate and chat with people. Yeah, um, I, I feel that like when when we uh when, when you drink, it's actually can be quite an insular thing. And obviously yeah. it slows our brains down. We're not thinking as quickly about what to say next, but yeah. you can really connect in with the other person so much more when you're sober and really kind of collect in with like their energy field and like what they're saying. Um, yeah. and be much more Yeah, present. you're right. It, Yes, I think like you're right about the energy field, actually. You're sort of, you're really in it. You, you know, mm. you go out for two hours and it's quality, isn't it? It's yes. not like sitting in the pub for six hours and you're like, what do we talk about in six hours? Well, actually, we had a half an hour conversation at the beginning that was okay. And then it's lost forever. Yeah. Whereas now you remember these conversations, you remember these, these things, you remember these moments. And 
yeah it's it's just great and I, I love meeting new people and coming across them and then you know now with with covid you used to you know you you have like phone calls with people and sometimes you actually ring people up I'm going to ring someone up I've not done that for years I stopped doing that there's too much anxiety around it now there isn't that because the anxiety is you know gone for most of the time so your your body your mind's open to new things new relationships with people I do think as well, um, you know, one of the biggest kind of pieces to lasting behaviour change is your identity and community is a huge part of that. And it sounds to me like you've built yourself what I would call some really awesome sober tribes. Um, And that is that's the key to success is as far as, you know, so many different modalities would say, like, you know, neurolinguistic programming would um, that they're um, what they call neurological levels of change shows you that beliefs and identity are just absolute paramount to behavior change if you want it to last and I suppose um with you know COVID's been hard but it's given us a lot of opportunity in the way that we form these tribes and the way that we communicate because now the world is literally our oyster with who we network with in a way that it just was not before right yeah and you know i've heard you talk a lot about this before about you know manifestation make being able to make things happen and mm. i feel i'm able to make connections happen you know and and move forward with my life you know i really do feel i'm halfway through my life you mm. know um i've come out the other side from covid i'm 46 now there's so much left in me there's so many people to meet you know i really feel like that mm. you know i've only chatted to you relatively recently you know yeah. And, you, and you just make these connections straight away you know it's yeah. so clear because there's nothing clouding it is there there's no like fog that's constantly there in your brain holding you back you know what and you're it's, describing it's there as you're saying that you're you're talking about the fact that when we stop poisoning ourselves we yeah. open up our voice of intuition it becomes so clear and so strong and you just feel yeah. so guided and connected all the time like you know you just yeah. your your body is telling you all the time wh- which way to go through your feelings yeah. and that's yeah. what I'm hearing when you're saying that right yeah and actually talking about guiding and connection you're you're guiding and connecting yourself but you are able to guide and connect others yeah you know instead of having this thing that's just sapping any of that out of you and you know for, for a long time actually I wasn't somebody who would talk about alcohol being a poison you know being something that that poisoned you and you know for it it felt a bit strong and I wouldn't even really say sober that much yeah I definitely do now you Mm. know this number of months down the line and it really does it is a poison that stops those connections yeah um someone I know from one year no beer talks about how um connection is the opposite of addiction and I really got that I'm still not quite sure I get that but certainly connections are right up there as, as one of the great things that's happened to me. And um, I think as well, like connection in every way, connection to self, connection to source energy, connection to your inner voice of guidance, connection, connection to others. But then that goes back to the quantum physics, age old spirituality law, which is we are all connected and we are all one, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. And I read a book actually um, called Belonging recently about um, somebody who worked with a lot of um, coaches and you talk, they talked about identity and, and going into various football and rugby teams and trying to create an identity. And I feel that I've created an identity for myself that wasn't quite there, yeah. you know, and and, and, and going back to talking to people, you know, I feel like I can have a conversation with anyone. 
for a really decent amount of time yeah you know and I just wouldn't have felt that before it's like you've come you back know. to yourself yeah absolutely yeah 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 it is it's coming back to yourself and um and and maybe rediscovering something that I'd lost for 25 years that was taken away you know for you know because it's, it's you know it's been that long mm. you know where I haven't I had a drink that's amazing um, so what yeah. tips then would you give to anyone that's listening who is a little bit hesitant a little bit anxious about socializing sober they're just starting their journey and what would you tell them yeah I mean I think I think it's really difficult to socialize sober if you're the only one not drinking mm-hmm. you know going to a pub with the same people who are still having a drink is quite hard I've done that not many times I've done it a few times and I've just wanted to leave quite soon because after an hour you can almost time it when their alcohol starts to kick in yeah and it changes yeah so my advice is you know make some contacts you know contact someone who knows someone who's sober yeah because I tell you what they'll want to speak to you they'll want to be in touch with you they absolutely will be open to it you know like if you if I if I someone I knew was going up to where you live and they were I'd say have a chat with her and you'd be like of course yeah wouldn't you do you know what I mean society isn't it yeah it is it's like um well or maybe not so secret society and that's the thing that you can go along to these things and it's just the most beautiful experience that you don't feel like intimidated or out of place Mm. because if you go somewhere where people are on you know, you turn up at midday in a pub and or in the middle of the afternoon and people have been, people are at all different levels of, of the poison inside of them <laughs> for want of a better way of doing it. And you're like, oh my God, if you turn up somewhere like a sober event, go, yeah, I would say go to a sober event. Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. if you don't know anyone who doesn't drink, you'll know someone who knows someone who knows someone. See it as yeah. an opportunity to make new connections. Yeah. The tip. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit like sort of, sort of blind dating or something I don't try to think of something but it's like totally fine you're well mm. looked after yeah you know the, the society's got you those people have got you covered I love that that's that's so inspirational and um, so for anyone listening if they want mm. to check you out on Instagram start connecting with you a bit more where can they find you well I'm on Instagram quite a lot and yeah. I I'm sober yoga dad on Instagram yeah um I think my name's on there as well, Matt Ellis. I'm sure you'll cover that off. And then I do teach yoga on Zoom, which I totally love. Yeah. But I also like going to yoga in person. I'm hoping to do some live classes and stuff. But yeah, oh. Instagram's kind of where I hang out, sort of socially. Okay, <laughs> but I do go out places. <laughs> and then the Mindful Life Practice. I'll yeah. put all these in the show notes, everyone listening. Um, but you can, Matt teaches, I, I also quite often go to his classes. They're great. I love going to the six o'clock in the morning class on Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to start the day. In fact, I had an amazing day at work on Wednesday and Friday this week because I'd started off my day with yoga and I just felt so high vibe. So Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Matt. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. And I will up so up with you in our next yoga class. I will see you soon on the yoga. Thank Thanks you. so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this episode, then I would be so grateful if you could leave me a review. 
And in fact, if you leave me a five-star review and give me a social media shout out and tag me, then you are in for a good chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me. So I give out five free one-to-one coaching sessions a month. And if you follow those instructions, then you are in for a good chance of winning one for yourself. Alternatively, if you would like to download my free 30-day Sober Curious Reset Guide, then please head on over to my website at www.coachingbyannika.co.uk. Or if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, my handle is at coachingbyannika. Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A. Alternatively, you might just want to go right ahead and book a free discovery call with me, which you can also do on my website. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to have you tune in to this high vibe space this time next week. Keep manifesting.